0: In terms of my own training, um, when I first got into lifting, I had a really, really high volume approach to training um, and I felt like I needed a lot of volume to progress. like I, I would go through reasonably long plateaus um, that almost invariably would be broken by increasing my training volume oftentimes quite substantially. Um, these days these days if I attempted one of those programs, like I would just die. Because um, you're so much stronger? Yeah, and it's it's hard to explain the difference. But like, you know, you, you want to think, like, 80% of your max is 80% of your max. And doing a set number of sets at 80% is going to feel like doing that same number of sets with 80% regardless. <laughs> but when, you know, when 80% is 400 pounds versus 600 pounds, like, those, sure. are, just, those are just two different beasts. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like, I... I used to always benefit from increasing volume, uh, up up to at one point like pretty ridiculous levels. And for the last four or five years, like when when I've been making good strength gains, it's generally when I've used a lower uh, volume and lower frequency approach to training. Um, So yeah, like that's that's flipped for me. And I don't think that's I don't think that's typical, but I don't think it's unbelievably atypical. What's a ridiculous volume you said that you went up to as an example? Um, <laughs> so uh, when I was doing like the Bulgarian style training, um, the version of it that I recommended publicly that people try was not the version of it that I personally was doing. <laughs> um, so I was training three times a day. Uh, in the morning, work up to a daily max. Well, in, well I also say daily max because I recommended people uh, work up until they start grinding, but not until they missed reps. I would just work up until I missed for both bench and squat. Uh, in the three morning, times a day. No, well, not three times a day. So morning and early afternoon sessions, I'd work up until I missed uh, both squat and bench, and then probably do like six or eight back off sets. Um, so like... 12 to 16 back offsets per day. Uh, and then in the evening, so I was working at a gym at the time. And when all of us coaches got off the clock, we would do like bodybuilding workouts together. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd put in another like hour and a half, getting my pump on um, and doing that like seven days a week. Well, actually mostly six days a week. Um, but yeah, like I would not want to go back and, and yeah, man, holy crap. That summer, but it was, it was absurd. Do you uh, think that helped you get any further along, or if you had just stuck with you know let's say like traditional training, you'd still be at the same place you are now, you would have eventually still gotten here um so that's a good question that's a really good question um and this this is one of my one of my philosophical hangups with um like training studies in general Because, mm-hmm. um, like ultimately. What a training study is doing is it's looking at, what, at at how people progress on two different programs or two different training approaches for uh, anywhere between six weeks and maybe six months or so. Um, and that doesn't, that doesn't inherently tell you that one approach to training is better for long-term progress than the other it tells you that it was better for, like, rate of strength gains over the period of time that that study took place. So, you know, it could be that there's, like, a level of strength that is your, quote-unquote, genetic limit. And maybe if you use, like, optimized programs or something, like, you reach that in five years or something, versus, like, less optimized programs, maybe you maybe you reach it in eight years. But, like, you're mm-hmm. going to the same place regardless. Um, and then the question of, you know, if, if you plan on being under the bar and putting in the work your whole life, like, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, like ultimately does that really matter? Right. Um, and if it doesn't, then, you know, maybe you should think more about how can I train to still progress while minimizing risk versus how should I train just to maximize rate of progress? Um, and honestly, I don't have good answers to that. Like, it could be that training that gives you faster gains also allows you to, like, reach a higher level than you otherwise would have been capable of. Um, but it could be that that ultimately it's a uh, tortoise in the hare. So... Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I, I really don't know. I personally feel like it was good for my long-term development. Because mm-hmm. um, I... Before I tried it, I'd... Um, I'd been kind of around the same level for five or six years. Um, and then when I gave it a shot, like, I put 100 pounds on my squat. Okay. Um, and, like, so I put I put 100 pounds on my squat from the point where it was at the time uh, and 70 pounds or 75 pounds over my, like, all-time PR on the squat, which was, wow. like, a, a level that I had never even been close to before yeah um similar on the bench and deadlift uh it was it was like a 45 pound gain in 10 weeks and 20 pounds over the best i've been all time so that's wow. that's like more similar to eh, maybe it was just more like normal programming but yeah i i personally feel like it was beneficial for me from like a long-term perspective as well but uh I, I don't have a clone of myself to right. go back and not do that on. Uh, so I can't claim <laughs> that I can know that for sure.